hey, this is one of the most important parts of the entire business. When that person gets onboarding, that is going to dictate how they perform and how they feel about you long term. I need to put a lot of time, energy and effort into this. And you're going to see the time, energy and effort that we put into the onboarding process. But I know what happens when you don't. This is a topic not enough gym owners put energy into. We're focused on the leads. We're focused on this or that. This is a long-term play. This is taking care of your team, get an amazing experience, especially I'm gonna call out gym owners with high team turnover. I would say you're probably not doing this and you're not, or you're not doing it to the level you could be. So this is a, the fix. This is not a band-aid. This is the, to keep people longer term. We know no one's gonna stay forever, but this is how you get people bought into your business and not having wandering eyes looking at the next gym they wanna go to. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Fitness Empire Podcast. I am your co-host, Dustin Bogle, joined by the other co-host, Matt Wilbur, and we're here to continue our series all around hiring coaches. Honestly, it can apply to any role, but that's the one we're really honing in on because it's the critical one in your business that's really going to take it to the next level. And so we've talked about finding coaches. We've talked about developing yourself as a leader that attracts all-star talent. And we've talked about the whole interview stage where you're going to talk to the person and vet them and make sure they're a good fit. So now we're going to move to onboarding and actually bringing in this person and doing a great job. And there's so many just lines that you can draw between how you do this with your team and how you do it with your clients, right? We all will do a great job onboarding a client. Let me get you set up on the app. Let me show you around the gym. Let me make sure you got your nutrition materials. But then a new coach comes in and we rush it in a day, maybe a week, and we just shove them into the deep end and say, get to work, start producing. And that is the wrong way to go about it. That This is something we, me and Matt both feel very excited to talk about today and very invested in helping fellow gym owners to change because we know that this is going to solve one big problem for you, and that is team turnover, which then leads to client turnover, Right. And a lot of people, if you ask them why they left a company, it's because I didn't feel encouraged enough. I didn't get enough recognition. But the other was I got crappy training. I didn't get taught what I need to do. They're a hot mess over there. They need to get their act together. And so that's what we're here to tackle. Matt, I know you have an amazing system and that's why I want you to really take lead on this discussion and dive into how you do it. I definitely got some great things I want to share too but you definitely have this thing like thought out and buttoned up. And that's what I'm excited to talk about. Matt, what are your thoughts around this topic? I think it's almost the most important thing inside of your business. And a lot of owners neglect this. A lot of owners, we, we hire when we're in pain. We need a coach. We need people taking sessions. I need to get out of the day-to-day -day operations. We're in pain and the fastest way to get out of pain is to hire somebody and put them in and try to put them in as quickly as humanly possible. And then it's out of sight, out of mind. That pain has been solved, but really what you're creating is long-term pain inside of your business. That's way more painful than if you just train them correctly 
the first time around. Last podcast, we went in depth on onboarding day and creating a vision day to really make sure that you're setting the proper expectations with your teammates. But now we want to shift to the tactical things of how do we take them from a novice, somebody that's never worked inside of your business before, to creating a rock star coach in 12 weeks. And some people are going to hear the word 12 weeks and freak out because they want to do it a lot quicker. I would go into it with an eight to 12 week mindset that it's going to take time, energy, and effort for eight to 12 weeks to get that coach to be at a level that they can take on all the things that you would want a coach to do. And we take a step ladder approach. We don't try to just dump a bunch of stuff on them and say, hey, good luck. Or what most businesses do is what I call tribal training. They just pair them up with who's ever working that day and pretty much say, good luck. Develop this person, grow this person, and you really just cross your fingers and hope for really good outcomes. And that is going to lead to failure. But at scale, that's where things really break down. And I saw that personally is we would hire coaches and then depending on what location they went to would really dictate how well things would turn out, how they thought about our business, how well they turned into coaches was really dictated by the manager of that location. And you don't want your business being dictated by where you send them. You want the same outcome every single time. And that's why we created the playbook. And it's why it's so detailed because vagueness is the enemy. If you just send somebody to a location and say, hey, manager, grow and develop this person, you're going to get, we have lots of locations, you're going to get 10 different outcomes with that person. You're going to get 10 different types of coaches depending on where they went. And that is going to set you up for long-term failure. So we want to create the, produce the same outcome every single time. Obviously, every coach is a little bit different. Can't make them all into to the same person. There is nuance to that. Everybody has different personality types. Everybody has certain strengths, certain weaknesses that you're going to develop, but we want to put them down the same roadmap and turn them into a rock star coach. And they're very clear on what our expectations are for them. And then the other benefit that we have when you, when somebody comes in and on day one, they know exactly what the next 12 weeks of training look like. One, you gain their trust immediately. And that's the foundation of creating a relationship because there's clear direction. This this place is going to develop me and grow me, and I can see exactly how I'm going to develop. I know exactly what expectations of me are going to be over the next 12 weeks. Now I'm starting to feel comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. It provides stability to them. 69% of people are S's, and guess what? They want stability, and you just gave them stability when they walked in right away which leads to the next thing is there's three C's of developing people into rock stars. And that really starts with confidence. So build their confidence by giving them clear direction, knowing exactly what they need to do, coaching them and developing them. So they have confidence, which then leads to courage. And it takes courage to do what they're about to do. You're throwing them into one of the most uncomfortable situations on planet earth, if you run boot camps or large group, it is so uncomfortable to go and run a session with 20, 30, 40, 60 people in a session 
without proper training, they are not going to perform well. And then imagine the anxiety that they have coming in that day if you're not equipping them with the confidence that they need to do a good job. So you're going to find that coaches do so much better if you just invest energy into them. But what you're giving them is confidence, which then leads to courage, which then turns into competence in the skills that you need them to do. And that loop keeps feeding itself. In the past, a lot of our coaches, especially with our interns that we have, they lack confidence. I can't think of many interns that just come in with confidence. It never happens, right? So we have to give them confidence by showing them exactly what they need to do, which then gives them the courage to do those things. And then they gain the confidence and then they're willing and able to keep doing more things inside of your business. And we take what's called a stepladder approach. Every single week, we add on to the skills that they developed last week. And then we meet with them every single week to develop their confidence, to give them the courage to be able to go and execute on those things. So I'm going to walk you guys through exactly what we do over 12 weeks. It is going to go into detail. It's The guide that we give people on their first day is a 93-page booklet that leads them through their time with us. They keep that hard copy of the booklet. It is pretty much their training Bible. That is our expectation of them. That is how we're going to lead them through the 12 weeks. And then every single week, our locations leaders sit down one-on-one with them and go through the previous week and then set them up for success for the next week. Before I go into that, is there anything you want to add to that, Dustin? Uh, I just want to point out, guys, when Matt said the competence leads to the courage, leads to the confidence, the table legs that are holding all three of those up is the training. Like, how do I make them competent? I literally show you how to run a session, how to start one, what to do during the middle, what to do at the end. I make you competent around that. Then the conf or sorry, the courage. I am now your mindset coach. I'm talking you up. Don't worry. You got this. You're going to do great. And you're, you might have doubt, lack of d- d- courage. I need to encourage you. I need to fill you with inspiration. And so I'm going to encourage you so that you then get that courage and you're like, yeah, I got this. And then finally, confidence now is where you remove me from the situation is you don't need me to pump you up. You're pumping yourself up. And that's where you walk in a room and you are self-confident. You have self-esteem and you're like, I'm going to dominate. That takes 12 weeks. There, There is nobody that you can fast forward and do this in two weeks. That's why we want you to really lock your mind around this. And then again, there's just a lot to take in and ask yourself, you can say it, but how much was retained? The human mind can only take so much information. Otherwise, you could just have your Audible playing all day in YouTube and like you'll just wake up the next day and you're smarter and you have it all retained. You probably retained 5% of all the content you heard, right? So it's like you're giving these people content and you're telling them how you do things. They can only retain so much. So give them time, be patient, give them grace and understand that it just takes time to do this the right way. So that that's all I wanted to double down and say on that, Matt. I'll let you keep going. A lot of people, a lot of owners, we struggle because we're like, why doesn't our team do X, Y, and Z? Why don't they have the sales conversation? Why don't do they do the follow-up? Why aren't they having the hard conversations with clients? And I always smile because they know what the problem is. You haven't developed their confidence. You haven't given them the skills that they need. If you're asking, for an example, every session we have our coaches 
they have to go and have three conversations with different clients and they have to learn about one client. Now, for Dustin, who is a high eye and loves people and is very natural of engaging with people, you probably don't need to give them a whole lot of confidence to go talk to people, especially now, right? But a new coach who's more introverted and S, 69% or S's, you're going to have to equip them with, hey, this is how you could start having conversations with clients. This is how you're going to go in and introduce yourself to clients. These are the questions that you're going to go ask. What concerns do you have about going up and talking with clients? Now you've given them the confidence. Now they're going to have the courage to go do it versus if you didn't equip them with how to go and engage clients, they're going to be very apprehensive and they're going to find every reason to not do it. They're going to find every reason to be too busy to do the thing that you asked them to do because they don't feel confident in what you asked them to do. It's not that they're defying you. It's not that they don't want to do what you asked them to do. It's they literally don't feel confident and don't have the courage to go do it because you haven't equipped them with the skills. This goes to everything in your business. If you have team members that are avoiding things that need to be done, it's not that they're lazy. They're probably doing other things, maybe not as important things inside of your business. And it's really frustrating with really frustrating you because you ask them to do it and they're not doing it and they're finding every reason and every excuse. And all I say is, did you equip them to be able to do exactly what you asked them to do? And, and that's it. When you talk about public speaking, oftentimes what they talk about is know your beginning and know your ending. That gives, the, that gives you the confidence to get started. And once you have that confidence, you have the courage to keep going. Because a lot of people around content go, I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to intro it. Once you do that, you have the courage to, to keep going. And then once you do it multiple times, you're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I can do it again, or I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to put myself out there even more. Do that for your team. It is human behavior. That is all it is. Equip them. That gives them confidence. That leads to courage. That leads to confidence. And that turns your coaches into freaking rock stars, which is what we want. All of you are capable of doing that. But it will take more time, energy, and effort than, than you expect. And one thing that me and Dustin talked about off air was making sure that who's ever leading them is somebody that truly wants to lead that person, who's going to pour into them and give them the time, the energy, and the effort that person needs during this 12-week process. They also can't fatigue on the message. As business owners, I've been doing onboarding team members for 10 years, and sometimes I go, man, if I got to talk about X, Y, and Z again, like I just don't want to do it. They feel that energy. You might have some managers Typically, when we hire new people, we send them to the locations that we feel are going to give them the best experience that are going to pour into them, give them the time, the energy, and the effort that person needs. But sometimes that person goes, man, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to have to do it again. I don't want to have to do it again. They start getting burned out from all the onboarding. So sometimes you're like, you're so good at it. I'm going to send you everybody. And you end up burning that person out. And then they stop doing as good of a job. That person has to want to grow and develop people. They got to have the want to. They got to have the capacity to. Because sometimes your best leaders, they might have a lot going on and they, they might not have the capacity 
at the time to be able to grow and develop them. And then again, that person's not getting the time and energy that they need. So you need to really look at all the pieces that you have on the board and make sure that you're using them correctly. I know, Dustin, you're passionate about that. So any additional insights that you have before we go into the playbook? Final thing I'm just going to say, if you don't have somebody that has the capacity, this is definitely worth your time as an owner, especially if you're a one location owner. I can't think of something that's a bigger priority than this because this is your product. So we gave you some advice on spotting another team member to do it for you. If you don't, suck it up and do it yourself because it is worth it. You will get a better result from this training and this onboarding if you do it. But eventually the goal is, yes, to delegate and elevate and find a rock star that can do it for you. All right, next, we're going to go into exactly what is inside of the playbook. It's 93 pages. We're not going to walk you through 93 pages. I'm just going to give you a highlight of what it looks like. If you decide to join our mentorship, these are the type of resources that we'll provide for you. So the foundation is there, and then you can rip off and duplicate and be able to do it. I always say R&D is rip off and duplicate. There's no sense in you having to build out 93 pages and have to do them from the ground up. Just take our resources, apply them, and then be able to do a better job for your team. So the first thing that we talk about inside of the guide is inside of the guide, we have our layout of exactly what to expect, the assignments that they're going to be doing over the course of the 12 weeks. Every single week, they have a different assignment that it, the goal of that is to grow and develop them. I'll talk about that in, in a little bit. And then we go over, we have our core values inside of the guide. We have our core tenants, which are core tenants inside of our location. This is how we provide an exceptional client experience inside of our location. So one of the things that are three uniques and we really put our hat on is providing an exceptional customer experience. And this is how we do it every single time. A lot of gym owners, again, we're like, we want to provide a great experience. How do you do it? How do you reproduce it at every single location? The way you do that is by being very clear on what your expectations is. So our core tenants, just to give you the 11 that we have, one is smile, one is clients first, greet clients, check in with the clients, introduce yourself or introduce them to other members inside of the group, touch, find the wins, solve clients' problems, be one step ahead, accountability, and thank you. So appreciation every single time. And then in our guide, we give clear examples of how do we live that out. So it's not just, hey, check in. What does check-in mean? How do we actually live that out? How do we actually deploy that into a setting? And these are also things that we cover every single week and go deeper on trainings with everybody because you need to be the chief reminding officer inside of your business. If core tenants and customer experience is really important, how often are you talking about them? How much detail do you go into them? And then the last part of that is, are you inspecting what you expect? So the whole 12 weeks, we're looking at, are they doing these things and developing them along the way? So that is our core tenants. The next thing we have is on the mic standards. This is for our large group training. This is where we go into a lot of detail because a lot of people are not designed to be large group coaches. But if you just say, hey, go give a great session today, go crush it you're setting them up for failure, right? We need to make sure that they know exactly what they're looking for. So the first week in our program, we actually just have them observe. And part of observing is 
do you see these things happening in the session? Do you see the on the mic stuff that we're asking? Do you see the off the mic stuff? So we have it written down and then hopefully they're visually seeing it and they're feeling exactly what we're hoping them to do. So our on the mic standards, this took a long time and this really started a long time ago, way back in the day. We had a location and we had three rock star coaches. Actually, there was four coaches that were running session at one time. And I come in and I observe and I see four coaches all standing in the exact same spot. I see four coaches coaching exercises that are low impact, that would be impossible for somebody to get hurt while there's high impact, high probability, high risk exercises that are getting zero attention. And I'm like, these people are rock star coaches. They're highly intelligent. They're amazing. And I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. And the reason was I didn't give clear expectations of what a rock star session actually looks like. This is what my expectations are. And that was actually the encourager to come up with these things because I was failing my team. I want you to hear that. I was failing my team. It wasn't that they were bad coaches. It wasn't because they sucked. It wasn't because they wanted to do a bad job. All the stuff that me and Dustin hear from people that disparage their team members. Take personal responsibility and go, am I clear on what am I expecting you to do? Now, if you're clear on what you're expecting them to do, ask yourself, how often are you talking about your expectations? How often are you inspecting what you expect? How often are you giving coaching and feedback to your team on your expectations? A lot of people have a piece of paper and go, I told my team what I expected. That doesn't work. You need to remind your team of the expectations. You need to inspect what you're expecting. You need to be providing feedback. And this is what this is all about. So the first thing that we look at for on the mic is provide a welcoming message before the session starts. It explains what that looks like. Explain the workout of the day. The in, so that describes the information that we're providing for the workout of the day, how to do the on-mic demonstration, how to lead the dynamic warm-up that we want them to go through, how to move with conviction. We want their body language to match their words. We've had so many team members that they say great things on the mic. If you were to hear what they're saying and then you see what they're doing, you're like, that's not the same person. We want their movements to, to really portray what they're saying. We want people to feel that. Also, there's a lot of people that move like slugs. Coaches' movement provides energy to the group. So the coaches should be moving and providing energy. Use inflection when motivating. It's the same thing when we're talking or giving a speech. If you're just monotone and you're saying the same thing at the same rate the entire time, you're leading a boring session. So knowing when to we use inflection to be able to motivate your clients. Breakdown of the set. So when are we counting? If you just tell, hey, coaches, we need you to count, that doesn't work. So we literally script out the entire time of this is what you're going to be doing for the first 10 seconds. We At halfway, we want you to let clients know it's halfway. We want you to let clients know when there's 10 seconds left. We want you to count down the last three seconds and how to do that. So we're telling them exactly what we're expecting them to do. We want them to use names, cool down what we want them to do, on the mic, microphone announcements, how to do our bring it in and break it down, and then an enthusiastic farewell showing appreciation to the clients. 
That is what the person on the mic needs to be doing. Those are the things that we're looking for, but there's no vagueness. It's very clear what our expectations on the mic are. The coach knows how to win when they're running our sessions. The next thing is off the mic standards that we have. So we have a lot of things that we're looking for here as well. Demo exercises correctly in your zone before and in between sets. This one was really important for us. Again, people would do their zone. They would disappear. And then sometimes they would forget if we had an AB rotation, they would do it for the first person, but then they wouldn't do it for the group that was transitioning over. And then you have a bunch of people doing things incorrectly. And that coach didn't realize what was happening. Hey, I did what I was supposed to do. And then I disappeared, but they didn't realize the next group never got the coaching. So we had to be very clear on how long you're staying in your zones and what that looks like. Correct form uh, in a time. Before you continue, I want to just make sure and explain the format here that we're talking about because we skipped from on the mic to off the mic real quick. I just want to make sure the listeners know what's going on here. A lot of boot camps or group training typically have one coach running the session. What Matt has done, and I do this too, and many others that start to get past like our numbers 20. When we're past 20 clients, we want to make sure we have two coaches on the floor. That means one would be on the mic as a lead coach. And that checklist he just went over was for that coach. What does coach B do who's not leading it? They're considered an off the mic coach. And they can probably be a lot more hands-on and doing a lot more correction. They don't have to verbally count down three, two, one, verbally keep the air filled with lots of motivation. And so now we're going to go through that checklist. Before we do, one final thing I just want to point out. Guys, if you can hear, this is genius. It's a system. And I have a firm belief that people don't fail, systems fail. And that's what Matt was bringing up earlier was that I, I, my team didn't fail. I don't want to blame them, but I failed to produce a system that clearly checklisted out line by line with detail. And so if there's ever a place in your business that's failing, I guarantee there's just not a system. And sometimes it's the system you have, it's vague. And sometimes, sometimes you just don't have a system. Not having a system is a system too because now you're allowing the inmates to run the asylum and they're making up the system whenever they see fit. And so you have to take critical things like this. This is a huge component and you just got to make it into a system. And that way people can then deliver the system. That's what business is about is SOPs. Standard oper- and then you talk about this a lot too, Dustin, is the curse of knowledge. So you have this information, this knowledge, and you think that everybody just knows it. This is year 10 for me of doing large group training. I think that there's so many things. I assume that so many things are just common sense and they're not. Assumptions make an ass out of you and me. So make it very clear. There is no assumptions inside of your business. There is clear expectations. And when there's not clear expectations, you're going to have issues inside of your business. So with that, Um, Thank you for doing that, Dustin, because sometimes I forget that not everybody runs the business exactly the way I do, and maybe they don't know what I'm talking about. So you're going to correct form in timely matter. What does that mean? Meet members and clients where they are at. Communicate zoning with other coaches. That's mission critical. Before a session starts, our coaches do a huddle, and we say, who's going where? And again, we're not assuming. It's not, hey, team, let's go run a great session. You don't win championships by just going and playing football. You go in with a game plan of how we're going to play today and really making sure that we're communicating with team members of 
what zones are we going to be in and making sure that everybody is seeing the workout the exact same way. What are the high risk exercises? What's going to need the most amount of coaches? Where's our attention need to be so that we are delivering that world-class session every single time. In that story you shared, it sounds like all the coaches went to like zone one. And so visually for you guys who are into sports, what Matt's then saying, hey, every coach owns a zone. It's almost like man-to-man coverage now. It's like you're going to own zone two, you're going to own zone three, and you're just making sure the team stays spread out and they're not all trying to rush LeBron and four people are defending him, leaving the rest of the team open. Yeah, I'll let you keep going, but I just wanted to point out what that zone meant. Yeah, and even a major benefit of that too, and again, we're not going into the why too much today. Those are stuff that we can cover at a later date. But you want your coach to spread out because we want to be engaging our members. We want them to be hearing their names during the session. We want to be making physical touch with them during the session. If your coaches aren't staying in their zone, there might be rotations of clients that never get to hear their name. They never get coached. They never get touched. And they go 30 to 45 minutes without getting the experience that you expected just because coaches were doing a free-for-all and not staying in their zone and not communicating with each other, which is now ruining their experience. So there's a lot of reasons why we recommend these things, but it all starts with making sure that we're delivering that experience and we have a system to deliver the experience every single time. Move with intention. So just like we want the coach on the mic, the off the mic coach needs to be doing that. We need to be hustling to be getting to clients. If you had a delivery person, so the first person was a little bit slow, they get to your house, they Really, they look like a sloth bringing up your pizza. And then you have the other person that hustles and jogs up to your door and is enthusiastic and just really happy. Who's getting the bigger tip? Who do you feel better about? It's the same thing with that person. So we've had coaches that would methodically and slowly go get to clients. And then we would get a lot of complaints like, hey, I don't really feel like that client wants to be there versus the coach that's like hustling to get to everybody to be able to coach them up. It provides just a different experience, makes people feel completely different. Be confident, have focused energy, engage and interact with other coaches. That's important too. Coaches want to see that you guys actually like each other. So making sure that you're high-fiving each other, you're interacting with them. You maybe even be engaging that person if you're on the mic, saying something about that coach a little bit. Relaxed, have fun. Yes, we want to be professional, but you still need to be fun. If it's not fun, it's boring. And the last thing you want to have is a boring experience when somebody walks in into your location. Maintain engagement with clients. Give clients in your zone attention needed while bringing the personal feel to the entire group. Know 90% of names in a session and use 90% of names during the session. If I was observing a session, do I notice that coaches are using people's names? If they're not, clients know if you know their name. Clients, I when we used to do surveys and we still do surveys, but the number one complaint that we would get on coaches when we get feedback on coaches is that coach doesn't know my name. That coach doesn't even know who I am. You know why they don't? Because you never gave them the confidence, which then never gave them the courage to go up to people they don't know and introduce themselves or have the confidence of saying, Hey, I know you've told me your name five times, but please tell me it again. I really want to know your name. Like the clients will respect that. The 
coaches that get the biggest shout outs are the ones that clients know that they know their name because they use their name in the session or you use certain clients' names in sessions, but you don't use other clients' names in session. How does that make people feel? There's nothing that lights up someone's brain more than hearing their name. So making sure that you're systemizing that and you're pushing the coaches that don't want to do it to be able to do that. So you might have to have a conversation and say, hey, I noticed that you're not using people's names. How can I help you better do that? Let me show you some techniques of easily being able to go in coaches' names. And it might be stand in front of the iPad when they check in, and that's an easy way that you never have to ask their name again. Or it could be in a conversation, hey, what's your last name? Not what's your first name, because everybody can forgive you of uh, not knowing their last name, but it's almost unforgivable that you don't know their first name, right? So being able to find tips and tricks when you notice that coaches aren't doing what you're doing, you know that they lack confidence. You haven't empowered them with the confidence to do what they need to do, which then means they don't have the courage to do it. Because me personally, like one of my greatest fears is saying someone's name wrong. So I need to get the confidence to have the courage to be able to potentially put myself in a position to get a client's name wrong. Be motivating, encouraging with clients on and off the mats. Give high fives and wear a smile. I can't tell you how many coaches I've seen walk into a facility that looks like they don't want to be there. And I always say, if you want to be here, show me with your face. Give me a smile. Engage with people. The fastest way to make somebody want to be around you is give them a smile. You can't see somebody smile and then not smile back. And think about what do you want your boot camp to be associated with? People fucking smiling. That would be a good association, right? How do you do that? Smile. That's the quickest way to do that. Work with passion at the end of every session, rearrange equipment, turn music up after the demo. So we're, again, it's a system. Can't tell you how many times that if you're on the mic and then you're like, all right, we're starting and then the music's still really low, that kills the vibe of that session. So making sure that every team member knows who's doing what they're tasked with to be able to create the experience that we want. So the coaches have this that are new. It's in their workbook. And they're looking at these things and they're trying to see, are these things actually happening in the session? And then the other thing that they have is a observation and demo checklist that it goes over. We're looking for top cues. We're looking for regressions. We're looking for progressions. And then we're looking for muscle groups worked. Are the coaches doing these things inside of the workout or not? And that is, that's pretty much the base of the observation. So in week one, People come in and observe, and what they're observing is we want them to see those things. We want to actually have them write down. If they're not, if these things aren't being done inside of the workouts, that's actually a discussion that they'll have with the facility manager and be able to have a conversation around that and be able to fix it. There's a lot of times where new team members come in board and be like, hey, this isn't being done, this isn't being done, this isn't being done, this isn't being done. It's actually really good feedback for the manager and going, it looks like we need to do some retraining or we need to talk about this more often because it's not being witnessed by new team members. And the other cool thing about having new team members that are coming in that the people that are working know that they're looking for these things is they're more likely to do exactly what you want them to do because they know it's being, it's being looked at, it's being observed and no one wants to look like they're not doing their job in front of the new person. Hey guys, it's Dustin with the Fitness Empire and I want to share with you an exciting opportunity, all right? 
Myself and Matt Wilbur, we are putting together a fitness empire mentorship. So what is this exactly? This is for gym owners who want guidance, coaching, and mentorship to get them to the next level of business growth, all right? Now, this is only for people who are actually interested in creating transformation in their clients and in their community, okay? If you're just sales-driven and marketing-driven, we are not about that. We do give you strategies and tactics, but we want to solve the deep-rooted issues within every fitness business that will lead it to be a generational business, meaning it'll be around for decades to come. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then I wanna encourage you to join the Fitness Empire mentorship. And so what you wanna do is you wanna go to yourfitnessempire.com, read all about the mentorship. And if it sounds like something that speaks to you, then I encourage you to sign up because enrollment is open now. This is not something that we are actively allowing enrollment all year round. We have specific periods where you can join the program. So if that is something that you wanna join because you need that help, you want to learn from people who have 30 years of combined experience in over a dozen operating gyms, then I wanna encourage you to come in and work with us. So go to that link, yourfitnessempire.com and check out to learn more about the program. Let's get back to the podcast. Any insight you have on that before we go into the structure of the 12 weeks? I know for sure we're blowing gym owners' minds because I I don't think I ever meet people that have this in-depth of an onboarding thing. It's very much a follow me around for a day, which kind of gets the job done. But ask yourself, if you have team turnover, it's probably time to change the system, right? And you would freak out if your client turnover was really bad. You're like, obviously, my product is not good. I better really dive into this. But guys, same thing, team turnover. If this is something that's been out of control or you just don't feel like you have fully invested people, did you fully invest in them and their onboarding? And so again, just really want to double down and get everyone's attention to put some energy into this. I'm really excited to release this to people in the mentorship for sure. But I know we hit week one and that is just observation week. So yeah, continue on. Let's keep hitting the rest of the playbook. In week one during observation week two, we also have a list of where they can write down names. Every session, they need to introduce them, themselves to three people, and then they need to learn about one person as well. So every single session, they're learning three names, they're learning about somebody, and then they're keeping notes inside of their booklet, which when they meet with a facility leader at the end of the week or the manager or GM, whatever you want to call them, they are actually making sure that they're writing down names and having discussions about clients. We want them remembering things about those clients. So we're forcing them to do the most uncomfortable things, which is going and introducing yourself to strangers day one. But obviously we're equipping them of how to have those conversations, which I think is really important. So we're going to go into the rest of week one. Each week we give them a learning assignment. In the first week we have them study the on the mic and off the mic standards. And then we have them go over the giving and receiving feedback podcast one and two from Craig Rochelle. We are a feedback culture. And those 12 weeks, they are going to get feedback and more feedback and more feedback. And if they're not equipped to understand the importance of feedback and how we need to receive feedback, we're going to be putting them in very negative states in the very beginning. So we need to influence what they think what they believe and what they feel about feedback, that they actually appreciate receiving that feedback and it's well-received and doesn't put them 
in a negative state. And it actually means we care about them because we want to grow and develop them. And the only way to grow and develop them is by giving them that feedback. And then our breakdown is every week, the manager or whoever is in charge of developing that person will sit down with them every single week for about an hour. We'll go over everything from the first week and then say, okay, this is what we need to prepare for and get ready for in week two. And then be able to answer any questions that they have. That's where we're building the confidence and equipping them with the skills that they need and then making sure that they're going into week two with the courage. And then the other thing that we do that I think is important is when we're starting to task them with coaching things, the day before the workout, somebody on our team is walking them through the exact expectations of what they're going to be doing tomorrow. Because think about programming-wise. Do you know exactly the cues and the ways to challenge people and the things that we want you looking for and all that stuff for 2,000 exercises? Not possible. But I can teach you 10 exercises the day before and give you the cues and the regressions and the progressions and the things to look out for so that when you come in and you have to do whatever we ask you to do, you feel super confident to do that. So now that coach walks in with confidence and then they have the courage to, to do the things that they need to do. And then that actually is the foundation of trust with the clients because if you're not equipping them and they're just willy-nilly doing things, they're not going to do them well. The coaches are know they're the clients are going to know they're doing them wrong. And then they're going to, I don't trust this person because they're doing things incorrectly because they have a track record of watching people do it correctly. So you need to set them up for success. A lot of gym owners have egos that actually like seeing their team not do as good of a job. It's really weird. It's almost makes you feel better that you have something and you know something that they don't know. That is your product. Equip them. Make sure that they're doing a good job. There is no nobility in you being better than your coaches. Actually, the best compliment ever that I ever received was, your coaches are getting really good. They're better. I think they're better than you are. And the person that told me that was, he meant it almost as a slight to me. Like he kind of was like kind of messing with me, right? And I was like, good. That's what I want. I want them to be better than me. As a gym owner, you want your team to be better than you. But it hurts your ego because you want to hear how great you are and you're the best and no one's going to be as good as you. And you don't want that. If you want to build an empire and you want to be great, you never want to hear that ever. That is the kiss of death. You want to hear how great your team is and how they're better than you. And you don't even need to be here. It's better when you're not here. The true sign of a leader is a leader that can produce leaders. And so if you've trained somebody that's gotten so good that they can train people to be like them and not like you, that's when you've made it. When you do train team members that are better than you and they're reproducing that person instead of you. Like that is the status you want to go for. But yeah. So and then to just give you guys some insight of what are the things that we're reviewing when we sit down with team members in week one, we review the playbook and discuss names learned that week. Again, holding them accountable to what we're expecting them to do. We go over their biggest takeaways, lessons learned from the learning assignments, which was going to be the Craig Rochelle podcast, because we really want to make sure that they're getting out of it what we want them to get out of it. If they heard the podcast and then they, for some reason, think feedback is bad, that would not be the takeaway 
that we want them to have. And one of the things that I truly believe in growing and developing people is you want them to trip over the truth themselves. So you don't want to lead with, hey, feedback's really important and you need to be able to accept that and you need to be able to separate the who from the what. Now you're just preaching to them versus them hearing how important it is from somebody else. Then you as a leader just to get to reinforce the points that you want them to do. So my best learning of growing and developing people is me not telling them initially. It's me giving them a resource that they trip over the truth. They tell me how important it is, and then I just reinforce that message. That is one of the best ways to get your message across to other people. The next thing that we do is we go through the DISC profile. When they come on board, we have them go through a DISC profile, but they get their guide. They have no idea what it means. They have no idea how to use it. They have no idea how to leverage it. So we need to be able to do that through the 12 weeks and beyond. So one of the things that we do is we go through the DISC profile, and we share with them the three do's and three don'ts of other team members. How do we communicate with each other? Giving them the playbook of, hey, this is how you communicate with, this is how you communicate with, this is how you communicate with, giving them the blueprint of success of how do we have a great culture inside of our location. And a big thing that hurts is if you're communicating in a way that is a don't for that person, and now that person's reacting in a negative way, and you don't understand why they're reacting in a negative way, then obviously now how you feel about other teammates is going to start getting negative. So let's prevent all of that. Let's be preventative with our communication and know how to communicate exactly to other team members as they come in. Then we ask them, do you have any questions that you have? And then we go over next week's objectives and schedule, and we go over exactly what they're going to be doing inside of the workout. So what we do in week two, so week one, they just observed they didn't really have to do anything. They had to communicate with people. They had to learn about the importance of feedback. That's their first week with us. The next week, they're actually going to be on the training floor in what we call own your zone. And I'm not going to go in super detail of the rest of this because I don't think it's necessary, but they're going to own your zone. They're just going to own one or two zones, depending on how you feel about that. And then they're going to coach inside of that zone. So we're going to go over exactly what are expectations of them in that zone are going to be, how we want them to operate in that zone. And then obviously every day we're going to the zone that they're going to be in, the coaches are going to show them exactly what to expect to be in that zone during those days. So they walk in that next week, they have all weekend to think about it. They know exactly what they need to do. They're going to come in like peacocks with their feathers out with confidence that they're going to do a great job going in to week two. And that is the format. So the format of what we do, just so you're aware, is the first part of the week, obviously we, we task them with what they need to do. Every single week builds off of itself to then eventually they're running mics, they're a coach, they're a part of our rotation. They can program, they can do everything that we want a coach to do. Every single week we do game film on them. So after they've had time to practice and get, get feedback, the first couple of weeks, typically Wednesday or Thursday, we film them doing exactly what we want them to do. They take that film before we meet with them on Friday and they go over it. And then they actually will write down what they think they need to improve upon based on them watching the film. We want them to trip over the truth of them needing to fix things. We want them to see their body language wasn't good. If they're on the mic, 
we want them to see that, hey, my motivation or I need more inflection or I wasn't counting down properly or I could have provided more energy in my countdown. I want them discovering that, not just you telling them that. Then they, then you as the coach of them can hopefully reinforce. Now, if there are some things that are very glaring that need to be fixed, you need to address that. But I would encourage you 80% of the time, try to run with what they said. Because if we run with what they said, they're going to be more bought into fixing it and changing it and improving upon it versus you going, no, that stuff's not important. This is what I need you to work on. Ask me how I know, right? I'm very, I can be, I can railroad people with my feedback. I can be too direct versus, hey, play the game. Understand how behavior is affected. Play the long game with this. Try to go with their ideas, their thoughts, their opinions as much as you can 80% of the time because they're going to be bought into it. And when they're bought into it, you're going to get better outcomes. So we do this for 12 weeks. Every week, we give them an assignment of what they're going to do, a learning thing that they need to do. Every week, we get them closer and closer to doing what they need to do. And the last example I'll just give, and then we'll wrap this up, is if you're getting somebody on the mic, the last thing that you want to do is give them a whole mic session when they first get started. So what we do in one of the weeks is they're just going to do the warm up for five minutes. That's it. And here's the thing. If they suck, they only suck for five minutes during a warm up. They do not destroy the entire experience for the clients. The clients did not sit through them being bad for 30 to 45 minutes. Then the following week, once they get good at that, then you can say, hey, you're going to do five minutes or 10 minutes or a certain amount of times that they're going to do that. So now, again, if they're not doing that great, they're only not doing that great for five or 10 minutes of the entire workout. And then the coach that's good can go in and finish it. People remember the high point and the end point. So allow the high point and the end point, you know, that's still going to exist because now you're passing off the mic to a coach that's going to deliver that. They won't they will not feel bad about the first five or 10 minutes. They will complain if that person sucks for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and wasted their entire workout. So be very careful about protecting your product by taking that step ladder approach and making sure that coach can deliver the experience that you want them to provide because you don't want to have a single bad workout ever inside of your locations, ever. So protect that. So that is the 12-week process. Again, we don't have time to go through 93 pages and give you every little detail of what we do, but I hope it encourages you to go, hey, I need to get more detailed. I need to start taking this way more serious inside of my locations. At a minimum, every week, have something that you want them to focus on, film them once a week doing that thing, and then once a week sitting down with them and giving them feedback and the things that they need to work on for the next week and taking that step ladder approach. Now we talked about large group training. We talked about boot camp. This applies to any type of training. And all honestly, this applies to any business that, that you want to run of onboarding people properly and giving them the coaching, the feedback that they need, that they deserve so that you can then actually go and run your business. Because if you don't do this properly, 
you will be back into the day-to-day operations of your business. Your product will suffer. Your business will suffer. Your life will suffer. Everything will suffer. Your health will suffer. Your mental state will suffer. I can't keep thinking of more things that will suffer, but everything is going to suffer. And I only do that not to scare you, but to really iterate how important this is. When we started doing this, this is when my business really exploded. This is when I started to feel like I was in control of my business. This is when all the locations were running things the same. We're delivering the same experience, the same product to our members, and also equipped our managers and facility leaders to do what they needed to do. Because if we go back to the three C's, confidence, courage, and competence, the, the facility leaders, the managers, the GMs didn't have confidence in growing, developing people. They didn't have the courage to do the things that they needed to do. And then the competence wasn't there because we were not growing and developing people and we were not producing the outcomes in every single location. But now we're producing the same outcomes in every single location. So we're equipping the coaches with confidence that leads to courage, that leads to competence. And then we're equipping the managers with the same thing by having a structured onboarding and roadmap for them. Absolutely game-changing. If you guys join the mentorship, we'll provide this to you, and then you can take it, rip it off, and duplicate. Hopefully, you understand. This is a free podcast. We can only go into so much detail, but we do want to help you. So if you are considering, if you are on the fence with our mentorship program, this is the level of stuff that we do. Me and Dustin don't have the businesses that we have by happenstance. We have them by being intentional about creating the systems and the processes and having the leadership that is needed to be able to build our empires. And we want to be able to pour into you every single week at this level, but in more detail with more tactics and be able to help answer the questions that you have so that you can apply it inside of your business. So that's all I have. Dustin, bring us home, my friend. You bet, man. God, like, again, this is tremendous. And all the series we've been doing, you can see they're building off one another. Because one things that I hear gym owners, I don't got time or they don't have time to train. If you followed our recruiting process, you wouldn't have ever let that person through the doors. And if you're like, hey, this person's not coachable. If you screened them correctly, you, you wouldn't have allowed them through your doors. And guess what? Sometimes a bad one slips in, but cut quick and then get back to finding that right person. And that's why every part of this series about I need more coaches, I need more quality team members. We are literally taking our time and explaining it in deep detail so that you do it right and you can fix this permanently. So this was just the next part of the onboarding. And again, we wanted to just deliver this as free value to our industry so that we can solve this problem for you guys. And this is just, again, a peak of what we're going to be doing in the mentorship. So I do want to point that out one last time, guys, go to yourfitnessempire.com to enroll. This will not be open enrollment all year round. We are opening doors for a period of time. We're going to allow people to register. Then we are going close. We're going to close it and we're going into service mode. And we're going to service the hell out of the people that come on board. And we want to let you, if you don't sign up, you will see from the outside in, watch their businesses grow. And the big thing that will have changed will be that they join the mentorship. It'll be dang worth a $10 a day investment, 300 measly bucks a month to make your business explode. So watch that happen. And I think at the time of this podcast is literally the last week we're going to be accepting enrollment. So 
make the decision now guys to invest in yourself 300 bucks we're telling you it will be a 10 to 20x return the first month that you are in this mentorship so get on board asap again that's yourfitnessempire.com the last um, thing i want to share yeah. is if you guys got value from this please like it please share it we want to get this message to all the gym owners because when gym owners win clients win communities win and we really believe that we have the most important jobs in the entire world and we're all in this together so if you did find value with it please share it i know oftentimes we don't want to share it on social media because we don't want everybody getting the same information but if you have fellow gym owners you can send it to them privately say hey you should listen to this podcast it's really beneficial i think you'll get a lot out of it so if you would like it share it, review it so far loving the five-star reviews a lot of the feedback that we're getting is not public feedback it is private feedback of how people are loving it which again i understand the private side inside of the gym space totally get it but if you guys could like it share it leave a comment leave a review it means the world to us and that's how we grow this mission and that's how we have a bigger impact on this epidemic that we are facing we are in a battle we want to beat obesity and the only way we do that is when gym gym owners unite together and we're all rowing in the same direction and we hope to be a vessel for that for everybody in the gym space so for everybody that has already shared it has reviewed it thank you we really appreciate it the, the feedback has been absolutely amazing love it all right guys we will see you next week for another episode have a great one hey guys before we let you go i want to share with you the details about the fitness empire mentorship we are now enrolling for it and this is something that me and matt have come together because we are wanting to help the fitness industry the industry that has given us so much we want to give back all right and that's why we are making this a very very low price so that all gym owners are not priced out and everybody can enjoy this coaching and mentorship experience. So it, it's only $10 a day, if you can believe it, to join this mentorship program. So if you guys go to yourfitnessempire.com, sign up, what we are here and on a mission to do is to help you to impact lives. Yes, there will be business talk, marketing and sales and leadership and team recruitment. But at the end of the day, we're really gonna be looking at clients getting results and client experience. That is the big thing that we want to help you solve. And it starts with you and it goes to your team and it goes to all the systems that you guys uh, use day to day. And we're going to deep dive into all of this stuff in the mentorship. So if that sounds like something you want some help with, again, go to yourfitnessempire.com. We'll see you in the mentorship.